Hi everybody, welcome to a new capsule. Today's episode will be about team. It's also the last episode of this season. I know you may be sad or not, I don't know, but what I want to say is actually thanks everybody for joining me on this journey. It's not the end, no worries. I already recorded one of the episodes of season two with one of my homies, Orion Juice. And the discussion was really, really interesting. But let's focus on this season and, as usual, sit back, take something to drink, also a snacks, and let's start. So, a team is actually composed of different people, right? And different people mean they different have like different background, different skill set. They have strength, they have weakness, etc. And we always have to think that your team is as weak as the weakest person that is actually part of your team. And that's also the part of like an HR manager to actually recruit the right people. And people also forget that having a team doesn't mean that you have all the people that have the best skill ever. Because what can happen is that even though you can do the job pretty great, if your company doesn't embrace any kind of cultural environment, then it's just a sum of like some people working together doing the same job but then you're never gonna get really like the a team and to give a parallel on that you can actually take a soccer team for example i think it was 10 or 15 years ago the team real madrid had actually all the best players on the planet but this doesn't mean that they actually want everything at the end of the day it doesn't mean that oh because you have the best player in your team mean you're going to win everything because they may be all like as bad as you think they can be. Recruiting is actually part of the process of making probably the best team ever. And among of everybody that is actually inside your company, the HR manager should actually be the one that have the most passion about the company and also the best, the best understanding about what the leader wants. And recruiting someone is not just putting like a job description online and having two or three interviews with people because what's also like some people forget is that you don't want to actually hire someone that is like worse than you you actually want and you need to actually hire people that are actually better than you and it's actually going back to the podcast about ego where it's actually hard for some manager for some people to actually hire someone that are, that is better than them because they don't want to be kind of left over but if you actually 
want to have the best team, you actually need to hire the best element. And also, you need to pay them well. And not just when you actually hire them. Every six months or every year, you should actually kind of review them and see why they did well, why they did wrong. And in any case, promote them as fast as you can or rise, I mean, giving them a raise of salary because that's how you value first people. And it's also a value people when you say thank you for your hard work. And it's kind of something that I don't really see these days in some companies because they just feel that way. You owe us because you actually have a job instead of being like, well, if you actually hire someone and then they're like valuable to you, you need to show them that. And it's actually really important. And if we go back to how to hire people, why you actually need to hire people that are like better than you, it's pretty easy. Let's take how Google actually hire people. So let's say you the higher manager or you're like the person that actually interviews someone and let's say your rank is A and you have two people in front of you and you decide to actually either hire A plus level or you want to hire A minus level. So if you go to the A plus level, then this A plus level will actually hire someone who is actually stronger than him or her. So A plus level. And then the average of your team will be always above A plus because you only actually recruit A plus player. But then if you go on the other side and let's say you're A plus or A and you recruit someone who is A minus and this person actually recruits someone who is B plus and then B, B minus, C plus, etc., etc. At the end of the day, your team is not really on an average of A but mostly on an average of C. And if you really care about where you want to go, don't you think you should hire someone that is like better than you and put your ego on the side? So let's say now you have your A team. Pretty cool, right? So now you can actually work on something. The second part, and what is actually really important, is the trust inside the team. Because you don't want to have people bitching about each other. You don't want people trying to brag about what they did and what the other people didn't do. You want to actually have your team to actually communicate. Trust is really like part of the process communication is part of the process and if you actually start losing trust to one of your teammates you need to explain him what's going on otherwise well if you don't trust a specific person then you actually start to put that person away and then what's the point to actually have a team players in a team if nobody is trusting each other and trusting is also part of so if i give you an example now in some creative agency we do like pitches remember we had that conversation 
uh, in the earliest podcasts of the capsule. And if you do a pitch, and I give you an example, it's a real example, it's not like something shitty. So if you do a pitch, and then you lose the pitch, it's happening, it's normal. But then if your own colleague actually try to just stab you in the back and being like pitching with each other and not even in front of you telling you the truth or like what they think and being like well that project was shit from the start and they didn't do well then you start actually losing the glue behind each member and also you shouldn't say that if you actually are not one of the person that actually win pitch too but that's another reason but the fact is that here once you actually lose the trust and you kind of lose this glue then it's probably time to actually rethink how the team is actually working and find a way to kind of put that trust back no also something that is part of the team is that okay you recruit people cool perfect and then you got them but at some point some people will leave and it's totally normal it's fine it's like because people have different perspective or they have different way of doing something or they find another position or they want to do something else like conquer the world or anything you want there is so many examples that you can actually have my advice here or what i think a team leader should actually manage that it's first don't get mad because getting mad is just useless in a way that in any case that person is already leaving if they handle to you the resignation letter it's already too late i mean you can still try to actually keep that person inside the company raise the salary etc and it's fine that's actually a way to actually keep people but also shouldn't you do that way before because if someone is leaving for example for another company that means that other company value that work too and then something you should actually do as a team leader or anybody understand why people are leaving and it can be from well i found another position or i don't feel comfortable in the team because of this and that or this and that and when you actually understand why people are leaving you can actually try to make everything in your power to actually make your team the actual team that is still there on a bit more comfortable like i don't know working space i will say because managing a team is not just recruiting people and giving them something to do it's also understanding why they are leaving because from the moment someone is leaving that means it's not going to be the first one neither the last one but then you can try to understand why they're leaving right also remember episode 1 and 2 were about failure and success right 
well, as a team, always celebrate success, no matter what, no matter like how small they are. Because most of the time you're going to have more failure than success. Well, that's logical, especially in the creative industry where you actually have pitches. But the fact that you celebrate success is also part of the, the joy of the team. And then you shouldn't just be like, thanks for your work. No, just get everybody out together, go for a nice dinner, and pay some like drinks, etc. And celebrate it like a good victory. But on the flip side of the coin, when actually something bad happened, like you lose a pitch or anything, and you actually come into a failure, it's actually at that moment that you actually see who are the true people in your company or in your team. Because it's never really easy. It's easy to actually be there when something successful happens. But you can really see who are on the same board as you when you actually fail into something. Because it's at that moment that you actually support people. That you try to understand what's going on. That actually the team is becoming better. I mean, we always say that every time we fail at something, we gain experience. And it's exactly the same here. The team's getting experience. The team's getting stronger. They understand. They can work more efficiently together. They can get it what's going on the next time. But then also, as a company border member or CEO, if your team is failing somewhere, don't blame them. Don't try to just like be on their back and being like, well, you fucked up. No. You actually need to kind of be there like as a father or as a mother and support them. Being like, well, it's fine. We didn't get that one. We're going to get the next one. But you need to understand where you actually didn't do it well. And please don't make the same mistake next time. Because if you do the same mistake the next time, then this is where like all trouble are actually starting to be really big. So the stronger the team is and the more close they become, the more you can actually kind of start to see some family patterns. You know, you always have this like naughty uncle you don't want to bring to a party. And then you always have like the kind of parents inside the team, always the same, try to make everybody feel comfortable. And then also like as any family, well, you can fight and it's totally okay. And I feel that it's also part of the process. Like building a team is a process. It's a long process. It's not something pretty easy. But I feel that seeing a team as a family, it's also a good way of having a good communication between everybody. And I like to see my team, the people I'm working with, like my family. And there are some people from my family that I will go on holidays to and some of them I will not. And same with my team members. Some of them, I just invite them over my place to actually celebrate Christmas party every year. 
and some of them I don't because I don't have any kind of close chemistry or I just don't feel to have them over. And it's fine. And that's totally logical. And it's the same with your friend. And some part of this team member become just more than your friend. And then when you leave the company or if they leave the company, then you kind of like still keeping in touch. But I always see this team as a family with like uncles, father, mother, son, daughter, cousin, and see how it's actually working together and try to actually compare your own family with your own team. Maybe you're going to find some interesting pattern. Let me know. Through the years, something I actually saw in a lot of companies is the fact that the management actually don't try to have a redundancy in terms of team member or capability or skill set. If you can, and especially if you have a management role, try to actually make people understand what others are doing teach and learn from each other because once someone is actually leaving then the knowledge they actually acquire is gone and it's actually pretty sensitive especially with high skill work that when people are leaving either you need to actually kind of freelancing with them or you need to carry them or anything but you're kind of losing quite a lot of knowledge in-house. And then it's actually when you start to be toasted. I mean, I try to actually learn a lot from other people and I try to teach a lot to people because I think that it's the best way to make sure the knowledge is spread to the entire company. And then when someone is leaving, it's not a matter of the question of like how the knowledge will be hand over but more congratulations about your new chapter in your life Be thankful to people that actually join your company and join your team. Always thanks them. Always make them feel part of your life and being part of like a bigger picture. It's also good to actually say to people like, thanks for your hard work. Thank you for being there. Thank you to be my colleague. Because most of the time, we actually point out when someone did something bad, but we never be, we are never thankful when people actually doing a great job. And that's actually something that I discovered through the years. Like most of the time, people think that what they are doing, well, is just normal. 
well, you did your job. That's why I paid you. But then sometimes a good reward, just a thank you, handshake, I mean, not during this pandemic, but a nice gesture is actually better than any kind of money. Because you're going to remember actually this moment. And I feel that the more you're thankful to your colleague, the more you're going to be probably appreciated by them. But it's only my opinion, right? Thank you everybody for joining me on the last capsule of season one, episode 12. I hope you enjoyed. I'm really thankful for everybody actually join me on this journey it feel like uh, me going to see a therapist and you actually all of you my therapists and it's me talking to me talking to you season two is actually coming next year i'm gonna take uh, some break some time some big news actually happening i already record one episode with my homie orion and i already had confirmation from Uh, two of my uh, dear friends, so Alexandra Jodao and Tim Vandam, who actually agreed to actually be part of the season two. And this is gonna be more dialogue, so the episode will be a bit longer. Just to give you a sneak time frame, Orion and I chat for about two hours together about so many subjects. I'm really excited to actually having you to listen to us discussing about design culture tokyo we even talk about black life matters movement the pandemic that happened even soccer and the fact that we come from different culture and it's really like an exciting moment and once again i want to say thanks everybody This episode is actually coming on on the 24th or 25th December based on where you are in the world. For people who believe in God, I mean, this part of Jesus, I would say. A Merry Christmas. For the other one, I wish you a nice holiday. Don't get too cold. And as usual, Talk to you soon.